Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode 36, The Edmund Post Office Shooting. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This week's episode number 36 is still on the mass shooting series that I'm doing. And this is going to be on the Edmond Post Office shooting. And this happened in Edmond, Oklahoma on August 20th, 1986. So it was a while ago. And this is actually how the term going postal started, which we will get into more later. Couple quick announcements again before we get started. The first one is I don't know if this is going to be the last episode of the mass shootings series that I'm doing. I really haven't decided what's next yet, but I will know next week. And so will you. But it's been a lot of fun to do this series, and I've really enjoyed my research and getting to know all these cases and the details about them. Because some I have never even heard of, and some I didn't really know everything about them. And I've heard of this case, but... Like I said before, I didn't know all the details about it. The only other announcement is if you could please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. It'll really help the show out, and it helps others find us also. So thank you so much for that. I, again, really appreciate it. All right, those are my only announcements, so let's just get right into this case. The man responsible for this was Patrick Sherrill, and he was a part-time letter carrier which was also known as a relief carrier, at the Edmond Post Office. And this is how they start off in the post office. You start off as a relief carrier, which means you are part-time, and you are required to work on different routes, so you don't actually have your own on different days. So they have lack of an assigned route, and they also have lack of job stability, like some of the other carriers in the post office. According to his co-workers, Cheryl was not the best worker. He received several complaints from his managers in the weeks leading up to the shooting. He was making mistakes on the road and was also making mistakes in the office. And he was definitely not well liked with his other employees. He believed that he was not at fault for everything and he felt like he was being mistreated. He told his union rep, quote, I gotta get out of here, end quote. But instead of quitting, he decided to do something different. Before leaving the day of the 19th, he actually told one of his co-workers, a woman who had been pretty nice to him, that she should stay home if she was planning to work. He asked her if she was working the next day, and she was like, of course I am. And he says, you might want to stay home. He was reportedly being disciplined for outbursts against other employees at the post office. Patrick Sherrill arrived to work at the Edmond post office a little before 7 a.m. on August 20th, 1986. He came in dressed in his usual blue uniform, carrying his mailbags, like usual, but this time there were three pistols in the mailbags. Like I said before, he was reprimanded the previous day by two supervisors, And these were Bill Bland and Richard Esser Jr. 
He killed Richard Esser Jr. right away, and then he went to find Bill Bland. But Bill Bland had actually overslept that day and would arrive to work an hour later. So by this time, the shooting was already over. And I always find it amazing that sometimes things like this happen where someone did something they don't normally do, like oversleep or maybe their car was having problems, and then they actually missed the tragedy. And in no way I'm saying that this was any easier for Bill Bland. But if he was at work on his regular time, then he would definitely have been killed that day. So Patrick Sherrill was unable to find Bill Bland, so then he shot his co-worker, Paul Michael Rockney. There were about a hundred people working in the office this time, sorting letters and getting ready for the day. He would shoot and kill 14 people and injure another six. Some reports said that he was just standing in the middle shooting people. And of the people that he killed, there were two supervisors, three part-time clerks, four regular clerks, and five letter carriers for a total of 14 people. One of the men who was there at the time was Ernest Bigham, and he had been at the post office for 18 years and actually helped train Patrick Sherrill. And he said that when the shooting began, he really didn't know what was happening. It all happened so fast. But he looked up towards the supervisor's desk and saw two bodies lying on the floor. And he gave a quote to the New York Times that said, quote, When I leaped over the counter and out the door, all I could think of was getting out of there. There were several that didn't, end quote. The police arrived at the scene within minutes. They heard more shots from inside the building when they arrived, and there was a lot of blood everywhere. The police actually tried to reach Patrick Sherrill by telephone, which you see a lot on TV, and through megaphones and speakers, until about 8.30 a.m., and that's when SWAT teams entered the building, because he did not respond to any of that. After this, there were no shots fired when they entered. The police lieutenant said that there was a lot of blood and bodies because there were 14 people killed, so of course there was a lot of blood, sadly. Not too much is known about Patrick Sherrill before the incident, but he was 44 years old at the time, and he had worked at the post office for about a year and a half as a relief letter carrier. He received mostly unfavorable performance ratings and was scared that he would lose his job. He actually called the union officials and asked if he could be transferred to another office. But some people that worked there said that there was a lot of tension between management and carriers. So who really knows what he was like as an employee? A union rep said that there was a lot of tension going on with everyone there and they knew something bad could have happened. They didn't expect anything like this, of course, but there had been other confrontations. This tragedy really rocked the town of Edmond, Oklahoma. It was kind of a small town, about 43,000 people, and it was 12 miles north of Oklahoma City. So it was probably small enough where you knew most of the people there, so you probably had some connection to someone in the office. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? 
With HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Even the pickiest of eaters. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. What's my personal favorite? Definitely the crispy buffalo spice chicken. Just go to the link in my show notes to get $80 off. $80, that's eight zero, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. The violence of the day finally ended when Patrick Sherrill shot himself in the forehead and died by suicide. In 1989, the city of Edmond and the U.S. Postal Service built a memorial outside the office's main entry that was dedicated to the victims of the shooting. The memorial also features a plaque on the front of the base that listed the names of the victims. This shooting was actually the first of several highly publicized postal shootings. There are around seven others that have happened since then. Now, I said before that this is what started the term going postal. And if you're in America, you've probably heard this. It's an American slang that refers to becoming extremely and uncontrollably angry, often to the point of violence, and usually in a workplace environment. You've heard of someone going postal, maybe at your office, because they went crazy and slammed the copier or something like that. And this is kind of how that started. And the United States Post Office does not approve of the term going postal. And they have actually made several attempts to stop people from using this saying. In the year 2016, which was 30 years after the mass shooting, some of the survivors gave an interview to the New York Daily News. And most of them said that they still feel the effects of the shooting, even though it's been 30 years since it happened. Some of them say that they still have nightmares about it, and it just comes back to them. Sometimes it comes back to them at the weirdest times, but it's really always there. One of the survivors, a man named Mike Bingler, who was 66 years old in 2016, spent the years after working as an evangelist. He said that he survived a shot in the back after praying. He also talked about the emotional weight that comes with having lived through a massacre like this. He says that the pain of listening to his co-workers scream was worse than the pain he felt when he was shot in the back. And he said he still deals with the effects of what happened. He said that large firecrackers and gunshots from his neighbors put, putting cattle down still set him off. Another survivor was a woman named Tracy Sanchez, and at the time of the shooting, she was 28 years old and also five months pregnant, and she hid in a storage closet and tried to stay quiet as she heard the gunshots and the screams of her co-workers. She was actually diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, in 1987 from the shooting. She quit working at the post office in the 1990s. 
And she said that for years after, July 4th was one of the worst days of the year because of all the fireworks. And she would end up spending part of it vomiting because of the repeated triggers, which is so, so sad. And I find it so sad that even the people that survived this, who may not have been physically harmed, are definitely always emotionally harmed in their brain is, you know, it doesn't shut down. It's in alarm mode, and that's what PTSD is in a way. And it's just really sad that even years later, they're still dealing with something that happened to them that was in no way whatsoever their fault. And I think that that's just so tragic and sad. So overall, this was just a completely tragic and sad case. And the motive is kind of still unknown. And no one will ever really know what drove this man to do this or what was going on in his mind that made him do this. So that was the Edmond Post Office shooting on 1986. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed doing the research and getting it out there for you. I'm not completely sure if I'm going to do another mass shooting in my mass shooting series, or if I'm going to go to another topic. I know I said that last week, but I'm really not sure this week, but I guess we'll find out next week. But either way, I have enjoyed doing the research for the mass shooting series. If you could, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show out, and it helps others find the show. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. Also, you can always follow me on Instagram. I'm at True Crime Works, and you can see my logo right there. And I check that pretty much every day. So if you want to send me a message about an idea for an upcoming case, you can do that there. Or you can also email me. It's truecrimeworks at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Mm-hmm.